We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. I have to tell you, uh, you know, we talked about it today a little bit on uh, C2C, but the uh, Ronaldo Champions League game winner for Man U, this guy, an extra time, no less. How unbelievable is this dude? Like, it is beyond me how, you know, the day before Messi has the big goal against City, and you see his damage that he's done in, against Premier League guys, you know, heavies in the Premier League uh, in Champions League matches against against the top six in the Premier League that are in the Champions League. He destroys them with just tons of goals in his career. And then he did it again against City. And then a day later and a dollar short, your boy Cristiano Ronaldo hits the game winner an extra time for Man U against uh, whoever, Seville, whoever it was. All I know is, um, boy, is the talk about him being finished premature. I mean, it's embarrassing because I think both of them are still, uh, and I'm going to just say it again, top five in the world, bar none. I mean, bar none. And I mean, I might even, you know, be daring enough to say still one, two. Wow. Yeah. No, I think that right now at the level that they're both still playing at, you probably have to put them in the top five. And and I think that, and I think that Ronaldo's a little, he, he's ahead of Messi right now. They're both at their, at the age that they're at, I still think he's a little bit more of an impactful player than me. Now, Messi has his moments. There's no doubt. I mean, he had it against Man City yesterday, but I still, I just feel like Ronaldo at both of their ages still makes a, he makes a bigger impact on the game than Messi does. What about, so who do you put in there? Uh, Lewandowski, Salah, Lukaku, De Bruyne. Who do you put as the best players in the world right now? Still (sighs) not anyone better than those two. I I think that you have to probably get um, Mbappe in the mix there. I, I, I think that, Neymar? Yeah, Neymar's got to be in there, too. Uh, ne- Neymar has to be. Okay, now uh, you got no a, you got a top ten right there. If you add those two, I've already given you six or seven. There's, there's Yeah, look, more. I mean, there's there's You're a couple other guys. I mean, whether whether you some people want to put Griezmann in there, you know, I, I think Shot. that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's had his moments, but he's probably shot now. I, I think that we've got the guys that you would put at the top of the heap, that's for sure. Is that going to be the greatest signing ever for uh, at this stage of his life and career? Can anyone top what Man U did to steal him? Well, they have to win. They ought to win some hardware this year in order for it to pay off. They 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 need to either win the Champions League or win the Premier League. They they need to win some hardware because they it's been a little while for them. They they need some major hardware. Here's your boy Machado with a home run. Should have done that three months ago, bro. I mean, uh, boy, were the Padres a disappointment, right? We welcome our radio affiliates. 
Sirius XM, Mightier 1090 in San Diego. Near to you, wanna do you, wanna? Sports map, sports byline, armed forces, hoorah, soldier, hoorah. It's Pharrell on the bench on a midweek Where Do You Hurt Wednesday. All right, Carver High, you haven't told me who you like. Tomorrow night, there is college and pro football. Who do you like in the Bengals game? And then uh, Miami and Virginia in college football. I think it's very hard to go against the Bengals tomorrow night for several reasons. I mean, one, they're playing a team that's lost 18 games in a row. Two, this is the first time, you know, Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence are both in a situation like this, being in the NFL for the first year. Meyer's never had to coach an NFL game on three days rest on the road. Trevor Lawrence has never had to play on a road game with three days rest. You know, I just think that these are both, this is a really tough spot for a team that stinks already. This team already sucks, and now you're throwing them into a situation like this for the first time. Uh, I think the Bengals are, and it's probably going to be a laugher. I think they're going to really whack them. Put a beating on them, huh? Yeah. I mean, look, I I think this has got like three touchdown win on it. Like this is the kind of game I think they win like 31 to 10 or something like that. Give me that type of game. I talked to Dan Horde today, the voice of the Bengals and the Cincinnati Bearcats. (laughs) uh, Obviously. I got to bring something up with you after the break. uh, Go ahead and talk about Dan. So anyway, I just, you know, he he knows they can't afford to blow this game, the Bengals. I mean, they go to Pittsburgh and kick the Steelers' ass, which never happens. And they now go home and play on national television in primetime on Thursday night against a crappy team. You have got to kick their ass. You have to absolutely just put a stomp on them. I mean... That you think you have the best offense in the league. You're playing an awful team. You're at home. Got to route this team. By the way, uh, Lewandowski had two goals today for Bayern Munich. Ban Munch. Munch. One of them was a penalty kick. It's for all events. Salvi with number 48 tonight, Carver High. 47 last night, 48 tonight. I think he left that game, though. But he did, did he? hit number 48 before he left the game. Wow. How about what Salvi? a year. What a year for him, man. That is that is unbelievable, the season he's had. Too bad he's on the Royals. So you still haven't told me what you think of uh, the Lakers I uh, showed oh. the picture of him today, the geriatrics uh, team photo. Uh, I do uh, want to say there. one thing to you before we get yeah. to that. How about Machado putting this dopey necklace on uh, with the with the last two months that the Padres have had uh, completely choking? What they have about a ten game lead for that second wild card in late July, early August, and now you sit here, final couple days of the season. You might not even finish five hundred. You're losing. Still five three after the homer, and they're and they're walking around in the dugout putting the dopey big necklace with the Padre logo on everybody. Like, uh, what are we doing here? The turnover like, chain. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's like their version of the turnover chain. I guess when a guy hits a homer, they put it on somebody. Like, guys, uh, the ship has sailed. Like, uh, enough of the. There shouldn't be any fun in that dugout for the last few days. Like, you, 
you guys all better just go your separate ways. Enough with the nonsense. Seriously. Yeah. I'm all for guys having fun, but, like, you guys, I mean, this is, like, ridiculous what's going on with the Padres the last two months, and we're still doing the dopey chain in the dugout with a couple days to go? Please. I was a fan of that team. I'd be fuming. I'd be fuming if I was a fan of that team. So so you think they fire the French Tangler? He's finished. Somebody's taking the fall here. And with everything that's gone on, uh, you know, the the whispers have been that he, you know, kind of let the players do whatever they want. You know, he... The stuff with Tatis and Machado a couple weeks ago. I think the Tingler, he's finished. French Tingler, it'll be sad to see him go with one of the great nicknames of all time that we created for him it on will. Coast to Coast. It will. I guess now when you go with a guy like this who's like kind of free and easy, what's basically if you fire him and bring another guy and you got to bring in like some some like old hard ass, right? Isn't that how it works? Like you go from a, a guy who's very lenient to a guy who – Really put the foot down at guys like you know somebody like who do, who do you hire? Surfer, can't have the no. surfer chill, dude. No, you need somebody who's gonna throw the water cooler. Is that where? Is yeah. that where you gotta go? <laughs> Rattle the cages. A guy that gives them the business when they lose games and calls guys yeah. out. Yeah, like Girardi. Man, those uniforms are so sweet though too. Like these these brown ones they're wearing tonight with San Diego across the front. And that little yellow trim. Yeah. I mean, that's I guess just, those such four hundred dollar tattoos jerseys are going to go down to two hundred <laughs> in the team store. Um. So anyway, about the Lakers. Go ahead. Yeah. So the Lakers. Oh, here we go. The chicks are now bringing in the Eli Manning thing. They got Billie Jean King coming in on the Dodger Padre broadcast. Billy Jean King in the middle of a baseball game giving him advice. I've seen it all now. Wow. Uh, so apparently uh, Melanie and Jessica have Billy on as a guest in the middle of the third inning here at Chavez Ravine. People have to get all caught up in that, I don't I'm like sure. The, I don't like the mid-game interviews. Like, with, even with the managers in the dugout, I think that's stupid. I, they give you nothing. I mean, you're not getting anything out of them. Like, let's call the game. Like, we're here to call the game. If, if, if We're not here to do an interview show. We do that before the game and after the game. During the game, can we stick to the game? But I don't think like Billie Jean King can stay up that late after the but, game. But, like, but like, whoever it is, and nothing against Billie Jean King, whatever. I, we know what they're doing here tonight on ESPN. It's really cool that they're doing it. I wish they you know, they probably shouldn't have did it on the East Coast at 11.15 at night so nobody could watch it. But it is cool what they're doing. But aside from that, I don't care who's calling the game. I don't care if it's Melanie Newman, Jessica Mendoza, or Vince Scully. Like, I don't need somebody in the middle of the game doing an, an interview in a triple box what happened to just focusing on the game? And this is the problem. I know she's Baseball's a, I boring know. and sucks, so they got to do stuff like this right now. This is what they I, need to I, do. I think she's a legend, obviously. And I, no doubt. I, you know, far be it for me to question it, but what does she have to do with baseball? Well, I, I think that's nothing. Well, well, obviously what ESPN's doing here tonight, this is a significant thing. They have an, an all-woman broadcast booth on a nationally televised game on ESPN. It's a it's a big moment, and we know how big in terms of women in sports Billie Jean King is. We get that, so I guess that I can't hear them. Obviously, we're doing I guess the show. That's it's the on, angle. It's on I mute. That's, that's the angle. Um, but I don't need it during the game. 
I, I don't need this stuff. They should be selling. I think it's great that they're doing the game. I'm totally 100% behind it. I have no problem with it whatsoever. I think it's fantastic. But I don't think, uh, frankly, it should be celebrated in the middle of the game. I think it should be celebrated after the game. Uh, tomorrow, I think people should be talking about it, that they did it. And uh, I just, for some reason, I, my, uh, I guess, initial response is, uh, in, in the middle of the game, a good game, uh, it's, I, frankly, I think, uh, misplaced. I don't disagree with you. I, I have no desire for any of this in the middle of the game. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's needed. Just please call the game. Let's celebrate the fact that you did it. Celebrate the fact that you did it after you did it, not throughout the night celebrating that you're doing it, it, distracting from the game. Like, is it not hard to watch the Dodger Padre game right now with Billy Dean King looking at you on your TV monitor? Of course it is. I mean, I, I got no problem with Billie Jean King. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I just don't I don't think it's necessary in the middle of the game. Uh, I don't disagree. It should be about that, that they're calling a game and call the game, do a great job, and then get accolades after. I mean, can you imagine Vince Scully doing this in the middle of a game? No, I can't. I can't imagine anybody doing it. But they do this stuff on Sunday Night Baseball, too, with A-Rod and Vascursion. They they do this nonsense also. They do it all the time. We get the uh we get the uh double what do we get the double and triple box going on the grid? Yeah, we get that going. We get a little triple box action. All the time. There's a lot of action. There there is a lot of action that is happening. I know what's not happening right now is our video. (laughs) (laughs) How'd you know? That is definitely definitely not happening. How'd you know? I am, uh, you know, I know you just notified me of that, but I had already uh, was aware of it by looking and seeing that it was gone. And I don't care anymore when it's gone, to be honest with you. It had to be honest with you, like sitting there doing it all these years and days and nights, whatever. Uh, it's kind of, I guess, painful to sit there and look at yourself, looking at yourself doing the show. You know what I mean? It's like right. sitting in front of a mirror doing it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, similar. That's kind of what it's like. Well, when you did it, when I was not there last Tuesday night, did you, like, stare at yourself in the mirror? That's what it's like. We did not do the video last Tuesday night, but I did it when I did it Uh, last, when, uh, maybe the last, uh, when was it? Maybe late last year or one of the last times you were off, I did it with the video. Yes, it's like staring at yourself. I think you're going to be doing it a lot in October and November and December. Yes, that is true. You'll, then, then you'll get... Then you'll get the full meal deal. You'll get the 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 real deal holy field. You'll get the whole you know mirror image uh, effect then, where you're just sitting there doing the show, looking at yourself. I mean, it's hard for me, as pretty as I am, to do it. You know what I mean? I'm as pretty as a girl, so for me to like look at myself right. for two hours is not a big deal because of my handsome demeanor. I have no idea what I'm saying at this point. 
Billie Jean King has me thrown off my game. So Friday night, uh, Iowa plays Maryland and BYU plays uh, Utah State in Logan. And it's uh, Iowa laying three, BYU laying eight and a half. Also that night, Houston, three and one, taking on Tulsa, one and three. Are you surprised that Tulsa is favored by four and a half over a three and one Cougar team? And is that a sucker play right there? And then uh, what do you think of Iowa laying three to Maryland in College Park against Tua's little brother and BYU, who did not cover against South Florida? We both hit that game uh, last week. Uh, How do you feel about them uh, playing Utah State laying eight and a half after Utah State got whacked by Boise State? Well, look, I was I was all over Utah State last week. I thought that they would have a big showing against Boise at home. Um, They just. It's weird. In the first half, they moved the ball up and down the field. Like, they missed a field goal. They had a field goal blocked. They had just all sorts of nonsense. And then Boise pulled away from the second half. I'm down on Utah State. And if this number stays under 10, I, I like BYU. I think that this is a game where BYU uh, flexes a little muscle in a TV game on a Friday night. Um, you're right about the the Tulsa line. It's extremely fishy. Like, it's it's weird. Um I, I think I like Tulsa, actually. I think just because of the weirdness of it, I think that I'm leaning towards the Golden Hurricane in that game over Houston. But the game I'm really focused in on is this Maryland-Iowa game, which is a, which is a big game. I mean, Maryland's 4-0, Iowa's 4-0. And I, I think Maryland's going to win the game outright, Scotty. Outright win for Maryland. I think they beat Iowa on Friday night in College Park. How about that? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I'm on Iowa, and I'm also on Houston, even though I agree with you that it's, uh, as I said, fishy, the four and a half. I pounced on Houston at, at that number, but I guess it's it smells like teen spirit to me, like something fishy is going on that yep. the Tulsa will probably win the game. But I went the other way. I went with I went with Houston. You didn't tell me who you like in the Miami-Virginia game uh, tomorrow night at Hard Rock in Miami. Miami, I guess, uh, laying four, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah, I actually... uh, Five and a half now. What I like the most out of this game is actually the over, uh, because Virginia's defense is awful, and Miami also hasn't shown me enough uh, from their D. Here's my problem with betting Miami. Like, they're probably going to win. They're probably going to cover, but, like, they lose to Alabama. You think, all right, they're going to bounce back against App State. They don't cover. They beat App State but don't cover. You think they're going to bounce back against Michigan State. They get their ass beat. And I don't care what they did last week against Central Connecticut State. That's nonsense. That tomato can game. So I, it's hard for me to keep thinking Miami's going to come back. Miami's going to come back. I'm tired of getting burned by them. Like, it's just they, they haven't covered a real game yet this year. And I, I could see them winning tomorrow night but struggling at times too. Um, so I'm very leery about Miami tomorrow night, but I do think there's going to be a lot of points. I think they're going to score. Isn't it weird that they are, you know, two and two after they, and I don't even consider that central Connecticut again. Yeah, that was not, so that's to nonsense. Me they're one and two. Yeah. And they, and they were a hail Mary from, uh, losing to Appalachian state. They, if they don't hit a big pass, they, they lose that game and then they're zero and three. 
But I actually, is is it not stunning to you that they have, which they have, they've recruited well, and they have a lot of talent, speed, dynamic athletes at Miami that play on the football team, and they right. still suck. I mean, is it not amazing. amazing to you that the, the recruiting job that they've done with the talent they've pulled back down into Miami, that they've kept in state, that they have the talent that they have on that team, they have talent all over that team, and they suck. Can you believe and, and, that they, they have that much talent and they, and they absolutely can't get out of their own way? And this is a year where, honestly, even though they're off to this start, you know, one and two, like you said, they're, this is their first ACC game. This is a year where they can win the ACC. Clemson's not good this year. Like, we've seen it already. Like, this isn't the same Clemson team. They're a beatable team. The ACC's there for the taking. I mean, Miami doesn't play in it. They're, they're on the other side. They're on the coastal. Like, they got to get things moving here. And if they don't, I think this is going to be the last year that Manny Diaz is the coach. I think he's done after this year. If they don't get anything substantial going here, and they're, then he's already behind the eight ball with the way they've played the first month. If he doesn't do anything substantial here in these eight, eight, eight ACC games, I think he's getting whacked. He's finished. <laughs> done. Because you want to know why? He's got now I he's got he Ed, did, now he's he now he's got Ed Reed. That. He's got Ed Reed sitting over his shoulder now too. And you know they're you dying. You give Ed Reed that job in a minute. I mean, I don't know if I would, but I know that there's plenty of people down in Miami who will. Right. So you still haven't told me uh, after hearing Dan Horde today talk about the Bearcats going in there to South Bend on Saturday with Ritter, the quarterback. Uh, but the reality is, strangely enough, Cone actually has more touchdowns than Ritter. Cone's not even mentioned for the Heisman. Ritter's on the list. Notre Dame, uh, odds on, even though they're dogs in that game, most people believe that they're going to win that football game uh, without a doubt. I guess I'm one of the crazy suckers that's going with Cincinnati in the upset. But uh, have you changed your opinion at all of the game? No, I have not. I, I just believe that this is this is a step up in class for Cincinnati. It, it is. This is not a, you know a place that they have gone to in the last two years when they've had this ascension. They're going to South Bend. They're going to the Golden Dome. This is uh, nothing against Indiana or Bloomington. This is, a, this is a different animal, what they're going into this week. Uh, they're not going to the bounce house at Central Florida or going to play Memphis you know, or, or any of these teams. Um, and, and they deserve this opportunity. They've been an extremely good football team for the last two years. But, and, and I'll tell you, that not a lot of people are talking about this either. Notre Dame took their defensive coordinator in the offseason too. So he was with them last year for that season. I'm sure he's got a, he's got a pretty good knowledge of that of Ritter and that whole team, considering he was just with them a year ago. And I think that that's going to play a factor. Notre Dame's strength is their defense. I, I think the Irish find a way. They're not blowing them out. This is going to be a really good football game, but I think Notre Dame's going to beat Cincinnati. So Cincinnati plays at Notre Dame. Let's say they win. Hypothetically, yes. they win the game. Then they go home to face Temple. Right. Then they face uh, Central Florida at home. Yeah. And then they go to Navy, and Navy sucks this year. They're winless. Then they go to Tulane. They're one and three. They suck. 
They play Tulsa at home, and everybody thinks Tulsa is going to beat Houston tomorrow, and they're one and three. And then they play at South Florida, another crappy team. Yep, they, all the crappy. The hardest game they got, they have at home with SMU in, uh, right before Thanksgiving. Yeah, both and the hard games. Right after Thanksgiving, they play, they play at East Carolina. Literally, in my view, literally, if they beat Notre Dame, they win out and go undefeated. I believe – look, I was just going to say to you, if they do win this game on Saturday, they better not screw it up, okay? Because if they win this game, the the door's there for them. And I do believe, because of how crazy everything has been, that if they are undefeated with a win at Notre Dame, they're going to be able to, to get into that spot, whether it's the fourth slot, whatever. It, but they need to finish the job. Now, you just said it. Their two hardest games in conference are both at home which is Central Florida and SMU. They have both those games in their place. And the road games that they have, they should, they're going to be substantial favorites in all of them. If they do finish this, get, get the job done Saturday, they better not screw it up through the rest of the year because they're going to have an opportunity to play in the playoff. So tell me what you think of Arkansas's chances uh, at Athens because 18 and a half is an insult uh, after the job they did on AM, they get no respect whatsoever. And what I have to say is this why not? Why not go to Athens and beat them too with the confidence that they're packing on? I mean, they are packing yeah. it on. I mean, they are not going camping with one case of beer, they're bringing 20 <laughs> cases. And they got a keg on tap the minute they, they break ground on the on the tents. I'm telling you, yeah. this team is as confident as any team in America. And they're going down to Athens. And they know that no one in their right mind thinks they can win that game. They're no getting one. 18 and a half. They're getting no respect at all from Vegas. Zero. So why not go down there and beat them? Now, I, I love... Uh, the points here. I think the 18 and a half, this is Arkansas is too good of a team. I don't think that they're going to get blown out in this game in terms of them winning the game outright. Here's what worries me. They played such a physical game with Texas A&M and the quarterback got banged up. Like he could barely finish the game out. Like he, he was hobbling around the whole second half that KJ Jefferson that worries me because they need him at his best for them to have any chance to beat Georgia on Saturday. And Georgia had like a little walk in the park against Vandy, you know, a little 62 nothing whack job. And and Arkansas had a tough physical game that they ended up winning, and the quarterback got hurt. That scares me. But I like the 18-and-a-half either way. God, wouldn't you love to see him? Uh, I'd love to see him lose. I'd love to see him lose. I'd love to see him lose. It's 5-4 now, Dodgers. Runners on second and third with two outs in the fourth. Ever since Billy Jean King came on, the Padres have been getting involved. It's Pharrell and Events. We'll keep talking about the big college games and some pro games with Carver High. So the dumbest thing ever invented, the uh, ESPN match predictor. Have you ever seen this thing where they predict every game based on, I guess, uh, algorithms or something? I have yes, no charts, charts and graphs. It says, charts and graphs. Charts and graphs. 
It says here that Georgia, 89% chance of winning the game wow. on Saturday, which gives it, huh? uh, Arkansas a 10% chance to win the game. How in God's name is uh, both teams 4-0, and Arkansas has impaled Texas and Texas A&M, impaled both of them, and they get no chance whatsoever to win that game. I mean, 10%, 90 to 10. I mean, that's that's like, why even go play the game? So I've never understood that at all, uh, as well as here's another one. Michigan and Wisconsin in Madtown and Michigan, 69% chance to win the game and Wisconsin 31. <laughs> now, I mean, where do they come up with this stuff? Like, yeah. you know, boring Michigan who finally, it, it took, it only took five years, but uh, you know, Harbaugh's teams have been anemic and now all of a sudden they're four and oh, and they've rung it up uh, yeah, well you know, against everybody. Basically, uh, they you know they beat up Western Michigan, Washington. They blew out Northern Illinois. They smoked sixty three ten. They barely beat Rutgers, but they have them just going in and you know seventy percent. They're going to kill Wisconsin. Yeah, now, you can't deny that Wisconsin game with Notre Dame was really good when it was ten all. And I don't know what the hell happened because well, I blinked and I I went to drop a yam. I came back. It was forty to ten. I mean I don't know what the hell happened. Well, what happened was is that once. Notre Dame got up a score after that long touchdown pass. Uh, you know, Wisconsin had to try to throw the ball, and they can't throw. Wisconsin is a bully team. They want to run the football. They want to pound you at the line. They want to get up, and then they want to run the football some more. That's their game. And when they get down a score, get down two scores, and Mertz has to start throwing the ball, you get uh, the multiple pick sixes that he had in the game because he stinks. So they need to be a bully team. And guess what? Michigan don't throw the ball either now. I think they, they got like the most uh, percentage of rushing attempts in the entire country so far after four weeks. So this is going to be who's going to bully who first. Who's going to run the football the best in the first half? And then whoever gets down in the second half, their quarterbacks both stink, so they're going to make mistakes. That's what this comes down to, and that's how Wisconsin lost this game to Notre Dame last week. I'm with you. I I think everybody's got to pump the brakes on Michigan. I mean, let's, let's relax here a little bit. Um, I, I think they're going to lose on Saturday, honestly. I think Wisconsin's going to beat them up there. I do, too. I do, too. Do you think, you know, Georgia Tech beat up North Carolina? Yeah. Uh, they gave Clemson fits. Will they beat Pitt in Bobby Dodd in Atlanta? Yes. I'm in on Georgia Tech now. After watching both those games the last two weeks, the close loss to Clemson, and then the way that they just absolutely dismantled North Carolina, I'm all in on Georgia Tech uh, getting points at home against Pitt. Uh, Pitt's not that good of a team either. Pitt's not great. Not a good football team. So I, I, I'm buying in a little bit on the Yellow Jackets, which means they'll probably, you know, uh, screw me this week. You know, they'll go back to the old Georgia Tech. But for now, I'm going to ride them. I'm, back, I'm backing them this week. TCU at Carter Stadium in Fort Worth taking on Texas. Everybody yeah. and their brothers on Texas, 69% Everybody. here think that Texas are going to win the charts and graphs people. We'll just call them that from now on instead of the simulator or the predictor or whatever the hell it's called. But uh, I still, you know, I got to be honest. Um, I know TCU's had a lot of success against Texas in the last few years, several years. I still think Texas is going to go in there and beat them. Yeah, seven of their last nine, I believe, TCU's beaten them straight up. 
in this series. They have not been successful against them, but Sarkeesian comes in. I think they found something in the offense here the last couple weeks since they got absolutely throttled by Arkansas. Uh, I think the streak gets broken here. Uh, I think that Texas actually goes to Fort Worth and they beat TCU. Uh, I think it's a close game. Uh, I really, I think five's a, a tough number either way, but I do believe that Texas is going to find a way to, to finally beat these guys. Alabama is home in Tuscaloosa land. Uh, two touchdowns and a hook yeah. to Ole Miss and their popular quarterback, yes. uh, Corral. Heisman leader, Matt Corral, the yeah. favorite favorite Whatever. right now to win the Heisman. Here's, here's my problem in this game. Last year, they played in Oxford, and Ole Miss actually rang up like 600 yards of offense or something on Alabama, and they still lost by 20. Um, so this is tough. I think that Ole Miss is a little bit better this year, as we saw with Alabama two weeks ago against Florida. Maybe there are some cracks, uh, that you could find, but I don't believe this is going to be the team that finds them. I think that they're going to try to play a shootout with Alabama and Nick Saban's going to be ready for that. And he's just going to try to go right over the top of them and say, you want to go ahead? Cause eventually a defense is going to have to make a play. And I'd put my money on Alabama's defense making a play before Ole Misses. How about uh, Bryce Young? 1,124 yards and 15 touchdowns to basically just under 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns for Corral. How can you say he's the Heisman favorite when, I mean, Young's already doing him. I mean, he's got six more touchdowns. I mean, what's this about? Stats, right? He's got more yards, more TDs. A yeah, lot more. No, uh, a lot more. I think it's just, uh, I think right now people want to find a way to not give it to somebody on Alabama because it feels like somebody from Alabama wins every year the last few years. That's just kind of how the, you know, how the cookie's been crumbling lately uh, with them. You know, you've had. Um, yeah, Devonta Smith last year, you had Tua, of course, you know, Hertz was in the mix the year before that. You know, there, there's just, people Henry. don't want, they're tired, Henry too, they're tired of seeing Alabama always win these things. But here's the problem. The reason why somebody on Alabama wins every year is because they win the national title almost every year. So that's why. Young's going to probably win. Oklahoma and Kansas State in Manhattan. And A little Apple. Ohio State at Rutgers in Piscataway. Yeah, I, I know that you're – believe me, like I told you, I'll drive to Piscataway and run on the field. Uh, I don't care if they've already cleared it, uh, if they actually beat Ohio State on Saturday. That would be unbelievable. Um, but I do like the number. Shiano, uh, uh, he's got Rutgers playing hard, and I we haven't been impressed with Ohio State at all. The Oklahoma game, the, if they hadn't lost to him the last two years, I'd – feel a little bit more strongly that they could be beat. I still like the number with Kansas State. Both teams have been anemic offensively here the first few weeks, so maybe under is a nice play. But they got to beat Kansas. They can't lose three years in a row to Kansas State, can they? The mighty Sooners of Oklahoma going to lose three years in a row to Kansas State? Come on. Well, they're not even mighty. How's that? Yeah, well, you're they're right. Mighty Florida's, I don't believe Florida's they are. Florida. Florida's in Lexington laying eight and a half to the Wildcats. I think that Kentucky 
is going to push them a little bit here. I think Florida wins, but Kentucky at home, they are a really good physical defensive team. I think they're going to be able to stop some of the things that Florida does. If this stays over a touchdown, I might be willing uh, to jump in on Kentucky here. I think they lose, but I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, Mississippi State and A&M and uh, Kyle Field in College Station, do they rebound from the beating uh, in Jerry's world at the hands of Arkansas and cover the seven against Mike Leach? As long as Calzone is still playing, I'm not back in Texas A&M. And Calzone is still in there, so give me Mike Leach, baby. I'll take the points because Calzone stinks. I will not back Texas really A&M until stink. they get that other kid back. That kid cannot play. And State. He can't play. And Indiana in Happy Valley, PSU land 12 and a hook. That's a lot of uh, points. But I think Indiana looks really bad. And if Cincinnati can kick their ass, what do you think Penn State's going to do to them? I know. Like, it's weird because we we obviously got very hyped up by what Indiana did last year and how well they played in the Big Ten. You know, every week you thought it was finally going to be over and they just kept winning every week. And now this year, you think that they're eventually going to snap out of it, and they just look worse and worse every week. I mean, even last week, you know, they, like, struggled with Western Kentucky, right? I mean, they they, they barely hung yeah. on to beat them at home. Right. And now they're going to Penn State, who we know what happened last year. You know, a lot of people feel the refs gave the game to Indiana with the play at the end with Penn hitting the hitting the pylon. Penn State's playing really well right now. I, I got to back Penn State, even even laying the points. Yeah, I don't think that's going to go well for Indiana in uh, I don't either. Valley at all. Um, Auburn and LSU in uh, the Bayou in Baton Rouge, LSU laying three and a hook at uh, 9 o'clock at night. Yeah, I'm taking Auburn, actually. I, I like Auburn with the points, especially if it stays over three. Um, LSU's defense sucks. Okay, they 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 are not good. Okay, we saw it against UCLA. We've seen it a couple times over the last year and a half. This is not the team that won the title two years ago. They're not very good defensively, and I think that Auburn's gonna you know probably try to bully him a little bit with Bigsby. Um, but I, I like Auburn here catching the points. How about this Arizona State UCLA game at the Rose Bowl? It's a pretty good game. Late night, ten thirty on FS1. UCLA laying three. That could be a, a one or two point game. Is it too many points? Even uh, the way they're both three and one. I got to tell you, I have watched two complete Arizona State games over the first four weeks, basically because of late night uh, degenerate situations. I've watched them play two entire games, including last week against Colorado. Um, I don't think they're very good. I don't. I don't think Arizona State's that great. And UCLA has shown me enough this year that I think that they're going to be able to score. A lot more than Arizona State just doesn't. Their offense is is very pedestrian, and even you look at their scores, and it's like, well, thirty five points, thirty five. They they work very hard for that thirty five points. I feel like UCLA is going to score a lot on them. It's going to be a wild game, and I just don't think Arizona State's going to be able to keep up with them. Yeah, and that's about uh, really the gist of it. I mean, there's a for the ton big of games, games. Yeah, yeah. But but as far as big games, I think we hit all of them. The rest of them are average at best. I really don't think any of them are, are worth 
mentioning or writing home about. No, we'll go through the whole. We'll go through the whole slate Friday night with Joe. Friday night with Joe, we'll really hammer through a bunch of the other ones. Yeah, what did you think of Sherman getting a deal with Tampa? That he's going to be with the Bucks now. Every guy, Josh Gordon, or where did he go? Kansas City, and then this guy Sherman goes to uh, Tampa. It can't hurt him, right? I mean, they're already last in the league in pass defense. Even though the guy's, you know, getting out of the rocker at the at the nursing home to go and to go and play off the sofa. Uh, I mean, honestly, like the guy's been doing nothing. I know he was waiting around for the right spot. I know he found it here, but. Uh, He's not going to play this week. He said he needs at least a week to get himself ready. I don't think it's going to help him much. I think they need other things. James White of the Patriots, uh, the running back, hip injury. He's done for the rest of the year. Heard it uh, last week. He's done for the year. All right, we'll come back and wrap it up from New York. It's Pharrell on the bench. All right, so uh, the Padres caught the Dodgers and Max Scherzer. They were up, what, 5-1? And it's 5-all yes. now. And uh, they're in the uh, bottom of the fifth going to it at Chavez Ravine, five apiece. A huge game for them. The Dodgers have to win. The Giants are scoreless. Bottom seven, runner at first, nobody out at Oracle against the D-backs. And then the A's, top six, Runner at first, two outs. Lead the Mariners in Seattle, one to nothing. The games that mattered tonight: the Jays beat the Yankees six five, the Red Sox six nothing. Toronto's still a game back of uh, Boston. Uh, the Braves beat the Phillies seven to two. The Cardinals' seventeen game winning streak ended, and that's it. That's all that matters. Everything else is irrelevant, uh, these other yep. games. The Rays beat the Astros, Royals over the Indians, uh, White Sox over the Reds. The Reds are finished. It's over. The Cardinals are in. The Angels beat the Rangers. Nobody cares. The Twins won. No one cares. The, uh, the Marlins beat the Mets. Nobody cares. Rockies beat the, the Nationals. Nobody cares. Cubs over the Pirates. No one cares. The Rays actually did clinch home field throughout the American League, although I don't know how you could call it a home field, but a uh, home field advantage, but they did clinch that tonight with the win over the Astros. So tomorrow uh, night, you got the Jaguars at the Bengals and Virginia at Miami in college football. So we got that going for us. And the third and final game of that, Yankees and Jays in Toronto. We'll see you at 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon Eastern on Coast to Coast. For Carver High, I'm Pharrell. Good night.